Welcome to the Serving Leaders Podcast, where we talk about health and ministry leadership. On this episode, Dave Wiedis interviews three experienced pastors about the blessings of being in ministry leadership. Bob, just speak to us about what are the blessings that you receive as a minister of the gospel? So I, I think my greatest blessing is to see people grow, right? Paul said, I labor time and time again that Christ would be formed in you. So, you know, even here, you know, I'm 58, right? So I'm in a season now where most of what I do is empowering younger leaders. So we just launched a, um, in November an, an Ardmore campus. We wanted to reach Maniunk, Conshohocken, Center City, and We've been trying to get out to the far end of Delaware County for a long time, but never really found the leadership necessary. And then the pandemic delivered it. Um, There was a couple that uh, were able to transition into doing that for us. And I was able to go there last Sunday, which again, I thought, oh my gosh, this is the bottom of the pandemic. Mm. Um, The couple that leads it, they're optimistic and they were even bracing their team for this could be the lowest was our highest attendance. Wow. I actually sat in the third row. They led, my son taught. Um, and I went home that night saying, this is really why I do what I do, to see Amen. people find their gifts, launch out and grow. Uh, I, I love the Bible. Uh, I always tell people, you know, people come up to me and say, well, you're really good at what you do. I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm not really a fan of my own stuff. And I don't really get my kicks out of doing this only knowing that the word of God going to a person's heart mm-hmm. and producing 30, 60 and hundred fold, it will still be my greatest joy. And then my second joy is just being around people. You know, Phil talked about the in-person gathering. Phil, how many people are married today? Cause they met at prof, mm-hmm. right? And you start to look at these ripples and every, every once in a while, God will give you a little reminder. So, yeah, uh, you know, there was, a, there was a kid that emailed me 10 years ago, and he said, man, this must be you. There can't be another Bob Gaglione. He said, but you did a, you did a camp in England, mm-hmm. a basketball camp, and I was the player of the week. I was 13, and you gave me a, like an Iverson jersey. I just want to let you know, I wound up going to Bible college, and now I'm a youth pastor. Wow, And I never thought there was no internet and I never thought I'd find you again. So God gives you these little reminders to stay mm-hmm. the course. And this is why you do what you do. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Bob. Thanks, Bob. See you guys. Take, Take care. care. That was great. Bless. Which of, uh, which of you'd like to go next? The, the blessings of being a pastor. What, what, how are you, how have you been blessed? In Kevin, your- you want to go? Sure. I, I'd say it does. Uh, it, if you want to put it in one word, it, it really does have to do with transformation in the sense of big picture stuff. To get to be involved in something that counts and that, that really matters, really makes a difference. And, and, and I see that uh, on the individual level, the joy that comes when the light goes on for somebody, that, that you can tell God's spirit has worked and that this person understands how amazing our savior is, who he is, what he's done 
to see that kind of change taking place. Mm -hmm. As a pastor, we, we are allowed into sacred space in people's lives, mm. that they open up, they share what is most important. And so some of those are the joys, some of those are the sorrows, but to have that privilege of getting to walk with people in, in that most sacred area of life, it really is a privilege that way. And so, so as I look at it, I, I really do think that, you know, the transformation but it, it really is tied relationally, that as you look back and you, you, you think of, you know, the, all the blessings that have come from the people that mm -hmm. in some small way, uh, God has used a crooked stick okay. to, to do something far bigger than we could have ever hoped or dreamed mm -hmm. of. And to be able to, to think that, that, you know what, there, there really is nothing I would rather do in all of life than what I get to do. Not that there aren't burdens, but when you see transformation taking mm. place, all the, the hardship, all the suffering, all, all the crud that you have to wade through, to me, it's worth it. Mm. Big picture, it's worth it. And so, so I feel very blessed to be able to get to do what I do. Yeah, that's wonderful. If I could follow up, what, if, if you could give an example of someone that you know uh, dramatic transformation. Yeah. What, what would you say? I, I would say that, that uh, I've had the opportunity to walk with people at times that, that are on the brink of divorce, that the, the only reason they came was to tell me that they're going to uh, at least have it on their resume that they tried and they even went to their pastor and even the pastor said that this was a hopeless marriage and yet to, to see the gospel and being mm -hmm. able to know when, when you have two Christians in front of you, that you have the new covenant reality sitting across from you, that the Holy Spirit resides in their heart. And that, that if that's true, there are two things that are true, that, that more than anything else, they love God. And, and more, right below that, very close to it, is they really do love their spouse. Mm -hmm. that, that if that is there, scripture tells us that those new desires are there. And so being able to speak into those situations, which really is just unleashing, rather than just trying to hold down the bad, it's releasing the good that God himself has put in there. And to see a, a marriage that was on the rocks, and then all of a sudden, Five years later, they're talking to people who say, well, you, you don't know what we're going through. And for them to say, well, can we share our story? Yeah. You know, we, we were about to end this thing. Mm -hmm. and Jesus showed up. Amen. And so those kind of examples of radical transformation. And, and that's where we see those inside the body of Christ need the gospel just as much as those outside. Sure. We need Jesus. <laughs> And when he shows up, amazing things happen. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Thank you, Kevin. That's, that's wonderful. Great, great, uh, helpful insight. Bill, how about you? Well, I just realized the reason why I was here so I can be inspired by Kevin. <laughs> yeah. I'm all fired up again. <laughs> Kevin, I, I want to follow up sometime and say, so to add, add, what does your marriage counseling look like? That, uh, that's, that's, that's great kind of uh, you know, wisdom to share. Yeah. Thanks, Kevin. 
Yeah. You know, Dave, it's, it's interesting. I never, um, when I came to know Jesus in high school, I had one kind of passion with my life. I just want to help people fall mm -hmm. in love with Jesus and see Jesus formed in them. That's mm -hmm. it. I didn't sign up to be a pastor, mm -hmm. to be honest. Sometimes I still shake my head. <laughs> I don't know if I should make this confession. People are going to hear this. I never pictured myself being a pastor. <laughs> right. And I don't, I don't think Jill saw herself as being a pastor's wife. I didn't go to Bible college. I don't, I have no idea. And so I shake my head and I go, you're a pastor. I'm like, oh, that's right. I am a pastor. Right. Um, because the passion behind it, by God's grace, was I just wanted people, I don't want to see Jesus formed in people. Right. And when we talk about that transformation, I, I, it's Jesus. They're being formed more like him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I believe that. And I see that. And um, that's what Kevin's saying. You know, that's what Bob's saying. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm really thankful that I could use my life to help people be formed, to see Jesus formed in them. Mm -hmm. And then to see the ripple effect. And we know that that's his ripple effect. Yeah. That laid out in his narrative that they will affect others mm -hmm. and affect others. So now at 53, when I step back and I think about my life, I'm like, Lord, to take a broken, a broken man and by your grace, allowing me to be part of your kingdom, that really is a mustard seed. <laughs> that, when mm -hmm. we say, here's my two little pieces of bread and yeah. a little bit of, you know, well, here mm -hmm. you go, I put it in your hands. It really is. Yeah. A yeah. tremendous fruit by God's grace. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I'm thankful for that. I think personally, and maybe this would, I'm sure this would be true no matter what I did, whether like my twin brother, we were both in pre-med, I left that. But, but the intimacy of the Lord, the dependency, the need to be on my knees, the, the, not that it forces me there, but I, I can't do this without completely being desperately dependent. And it keeps me, Lord, please, I'm yours. And so in this position, I, you know, everyone should be like that, but this position in particular in yeah. this season, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm desperate for him. And then I experience that intimacy, mm -hmm. that connection with mm -hmm. him. And I'm, and, and I'm thankful for that. Yeah. So, so being, being a pastor puts you in a, uh, yes. a particular vulnerable position. If you want to effectuate seeing Jesus formed in other people. Yes. That has to happen for you. Yes. And then, then it's coming from the inside out. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Let me ask this, Phil. The idea of seeing Jesus formed in other people. What do you do personally, specifically with others mm -hmm. to get that going and fanning that flame and, and, and seeing that happen? Yeah. Um, well, you know, the, the people I want to do that closest with first of obviously is staff, you know, um, but I think it's, you know, it's obviously it's time in the word and prayer, but specifically being willing, right, with each other to talk about how we see God working and the areas that we want to see God changed, Mm -hmm. Right. And identifying them in humility. I need to do that in vulnerability. Hey, guys, here's where the Lord, and you all know it. This is the areas of my life that need to be redeemed by yeah. God. And you need to pray for me. And here's what I see in your life. So there needs to be 
a level of vulnerability relationally, talking about those areas that we're holding up and saying, Lord, would you form this? And then spiritually trusting the Holy Spirit to do that and then giving the skills, yeah. right, to do that. So as you know, Dave, that EHS and EHR are all skills to help people learn because they don't know naturally. It's not natural. Yeah. We think people are just going to know how to do this. They don't. They don't. So giving skills for formation and helping people do that and being intentional about that has been very helpful. Right, right. Thank you, Phil. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you both guys. That, this has been rich. Really, really appreciate your time. Yeah. Well, good to meet well, great you. Great job Phil. hosting, Dave. Is this, great oh, job, thank Dave. You. This is my first time I'm meeting Phil and Bob. So oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah Kevin, so, so good to hear your heart yeah. and Jesus in you. Uh, this I could listen great. to you for, just keep talking. Yeah, yeah. I'll just guys, stay here. It, it's really rich. And, and I do think that that's probably one of those things. I, I do think that, Dave, what you're trying to foster as far as getting pastors at times even to be together. Yeah. Because I, I do think that there, there is a level of uh, camaraderie that is necessary to be able to say that, that you know what, that this, this is common for yes. the course. Yes. And that, that when we, we understand that, boy, it, it, it's helpful even, I, I remember something as simple as being with 50 other pastors and somebody just said, you know what, my church is struggling with something. And just, can you guys help? Yes. We have some people that don't get to worship <laughs> until 20 to 30 minutes into the service. And, and, and to hear everybody in the room say, yeah, us too. Well, we were living in a fishbowl thinking that what was going on at Church of the Savior was unique. And yet just to hear that there's been a, a bigger shift, even culturally, yeah. that, that things are different mm -hmm. and seeing that. And so sometimes mm -hmm. it really does help having other people that do know uh, what it's like to, to slog through some of the, the things that a pastor has to make his way through. It's really yeah. helpful. So yeah. great hearing. I'm very encouraged today. That's yeah. great. I, that, I, that um, David, that quote that Kevin gave, I think it was about um, if a, a, a pastor, it, it was about the pastor. You don't you, know what you're doing or you admit you don't know what you're doing? That no, if you are neutral or you are... Um, um, Irrelevant? To yes. The, yes. That, Eugene that, Peterson. Yeah, Eugene, Kevin, that was so encouraging for my soul. Mm. Like I'm, I'm, I'm holding that. The spirit, like I'm, that was for me. Mm. So thank mm. you. Well, I, I've needed it so many times to be able to think that, that, that with that, because sometimes it really does. You just feel like, wow, I, we can't win as far as if your goal is to be approved of on yep. a human level. Yep. Yet that higher calling, you know, just to be a bit, because I, I hate saying it in one way that, that it sounds like we don't care about what our people are saying. Yeah, I, right, right. I don't think that's ever the situation. It's just that, that we can't mm -hmm. let lower demands uh, <clears throat> rob us from helping the sheep to know where the greener pasture that's is. That's right. Yeah, that's, what that's, was the how I'll have to look it up. How you put it was really good. Uh, it, it, uh, I'll have to, to figure out the exact one, but but it, it, he, he said that that uh, it, it um, 
th that he came to a point of realizing that that uh, that uh, th that he was doing some of his best work when he started being irrelevant to mm -hmm. the demands of his flock. Yeah, that's good. And that that it was at that point that he just thought that that you know here I, I'm really leading because they're telling me what they want. And yet God is telling me what they need. And so really I, I really need to give them what is best. And, and the only way we do it, it, it for someone like me, because I, I would love to be really liked. <laughs> be, you know, at times I, th there have even been moments where I, I totally get why pastors stop pushing for change. That, that, that at some level, the toll that it takes and everything and just say, man, I do not judge somebody who's just going to be a maintenance pastor because I know the struggle within the soul. But, but mm -hmm. there, there is that sense that, that if, if we've been called to that higher calling and that if we're really waiting for his well done, that, that it, at times it, it really isn't a popularity concept, contest, that, that it really is, do you want to love well? And, and any parent knows that with their kids, sure. you know, giving them what they need rather than what they want. But, but if that feels like it's coming from arrogance, I know people sure don't receive it. But right. it, if it's coming from a, a sacrifice, I think it does feel a little more connecting. And it, it's Kevin. It, it's all about it's all about the motive of your heart, right? It, it, it's it, it's the difference between seeking affirmation and approval, yeah. Versus, Lord, I got I have to do what's right before you, regardless mm -hmm. of what that feels like or whether it's received. Thanks so much for listening, and we hope you'll join us for our next episode at Serving Leaders Podcast. For additional resources or to find out more about our services, you can visit us at www.servingleaders.org.